It's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Medler, lovely cushion header for Gerrard! Oh, you're The Ghost Goal Podcast. On Saturday, Tottenham took a tumble and lost 2-1 away to Burnley and then we moved to Sunday where Arsenal won 2-0 over Southampton. With that win, the Gunners find themselves in sole possession of fourth place. Manchester United used all three subs in the first half as they went to a 0-0 draw with Liverpool who moved to the top of the table with the result. In other news, Leicester fired Claude Puel. The Foxes currently sit eight points out of a European spot. And Manchester City won the first trophy of the year in England. City retained the Carabao Cup by beating Chelsea and converting their penalties against a mutinous Kepa. Welcome to the Ghost Gold Podcast. I'm Andrew Pissarro in here with Alex Mock, Javier Revlo. How are we doing, guys? That was a nice intro. That was very, uh, very well, very, very nicely flowing there. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the, I tried. Ending with the beautiful mutinous Kepa, which I mean, maybe, maybe we should, is that a good place to start, maybe? No, no, no we're not. Terrible, terrible place, place? Oh, All right. I know the Oscars are just happened, Javier, but enough with that start at the end bullshit. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Obviously, that's movie uh, makers love to do that. Let's but, start at the at the end. But yeah, no, we uh, we had, we had some pretty good games over the weekend. I think at least Arsenal was, Arsenal fans were happy. We had a good weekend. The Liverpool Manchester United game might have been the worst game of football I've ever watched in my entire. Were there life. any no. chances on like either side? <laughs> there was a couple a for couple. United. Yeah, but it was a couple, but it wasn't like the, yeah, it, yeah. It was and just, also, uh, also, my internet was going in and out during the during the game. So not only was the game like starting and stopping all the time because of the injuries, my internet was starting and stopping. It was fucking awful, and I was like super hungover. Like my favorite bar ever is closing on Thursday, so. I wasn't going to go out on Saturday night late. And then next thing I know, it's three in the morning and it's like, fuck, I have to be up at nine. So whatever, you know? Yeah. I mean, you didn't, you didn't miss much. We, I watched uh, the game. Javier and I, well, no, I know, but like, you didn't like watch it. You just complained about it being like kind of choppy. Oh, what yeah. I'm saying is Javier, Javier and I watched it. And luckily uh, we made up for the shit show that that was with, uh, what was the game, Javier? Was it Leverkusen Dortmund? Yeah, was Leverkusen at the same time? And that was tons of that was three two three two Dortmund. That was a great game, and we were just sitting there watching that. And then when someone else would get injured and go off with a substitute in the Man United Liverpool game, we kind of pay attention. But yeah, uh, all right. Well, let's let's great. let's get into it. Before I go, we get to the Saturday. I'll just whip through some of the results. Uh, Cardiff lost five one to Watford. Uh, a Dulafeu hat trick in that one. Uh, that was on Friday, and West Ham beat Fulham three one. Alex got that prediction correct. We had a couple more games on Saturday besides the Burnley game. Bournemouth drew one one with Wolves, which Javier nailed. Uh, Newcastle won two nil over Huddersfield, which I got correct. Um, but let's go over to Burnley and Tottenham. Uh, Wood in the fifty seventh, Kane equalized in the sixty fifth, and Ashley Barnes steals the winner in the eighty third minute. Uh, and this was a relatively healthy Tottenham team. Going up against a Burnley team that we've talked about all year, kind of un, uh, you know, under delivering what they were able to do last year, and I-, I was watching this game. I didn't watch this live, but I watched it. I-, I put the whole game on replay, and they were talking about how Burnley thinks. Also, there was a ton of like issues with the referee in this one, but uh, 
Burnley's manager. It always is with yeah, Mike Dean. <laughs> Burnley talked about the Burnley manager talked about how now that they're completely out of Europe, like they're finally kind of getting into that groove that they were in last year. So maybe Burnley is back. But what did you guys think of Tottenham in this one? Congrats, Burnley! You only got knocked out of Europe back in August. It's <laughs> fair. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it took them long enough, but yeah, I mean, around Christmas they started to turn around. But this is like their first win against like a top six side this season. So yeah, it's definitely a big step forward. Uh, I thought, first of all, I thought Burnley were great this game. I thought that they deserved the win, and I actually was watching this game and I saw around the seventy fifth minute. Um, it was one one, and Sean Dyche makes brings on Gunmanson, uh, Gunmanson, and Goodmanson, uh, yeah. Robbie Brady, both which are like attacking midfielders, and you know basically saying I'm going to win this game against Tottenham, and they dominated the last fifteen minutes, and I was kind of surprising. Like Tottenham didn't get any chances in the last fifteen minutes, and Burnley got the got the winning goal, and were able to see the game out very calmly. So I was a bit disappointed with Tottenham. Like I thought that Harry Kane being back and everything would, you know, spur them on to 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 further further <laughs> very, victories. But it very punny. It didn't happen. So I, I'm a little he, bit worried for them. Like, I think I think I think now that that definitely kills their title hope. Right? Like they're finishing third. Like they were they, they were uh, they're only six, they're points. six points back. Yeah. Six points back. Like they're with they're ten games in it. to go, and they still have to play Liverpool. Like it. They're they're hanging around. But you can't lose to Burnley and then say you're in a title race. Like you guys haven't lost to a team like that, nor have City, to the point where you, you know what I mean. Like that that's one level of team where like you can't be I mean, losing City, that game. City lost to Palace. They're on the same point level. Um, yeah, they lost to Newcastle. Okay. Yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> Newcastle and Burnley. Fair. You guys, I'm saying Liverpool area. haven't at least. Like you guys oh, are the no. pace setters. So I'm saying it's it's not. It's not like – you can't be losing to teams like that if you want to win the league. I didn't think Tottenham were really in it. I thought I think that they're a dark horse and right now they're doing well. Right. And we talked about this. Like they were injured. Now they're less injured and they were still getting points when they were injured. But, but this was their I, big opportunity. Like right. You guys and, drop and, points and, and City, City were off. Play. Right. And City were off. Yeah. This they, was, they could have cut it to three points and they go ahead and get zero. You know? Right. Which um, is – this is yeah. look. This is my thing about Tottenham. Like, this is a team. I think that this is a, kind of a controversial take, but I think they're a team that you know we've talked about it all year. They're better when they're they're going to be so great when they get all the pieces together. I think when they get all the pieces together, they're not going to have the chemistry right. Like, there there's been so many guys in and out of this lineup that they find a way to get to get that piece that win done. But I feel like they're not going to be able to do it when everything's actually there available to them because it's never been like a set thing all year, if that makes any sense. I thought, I mean, the main thing holding them back in this game, like you can say like Harry Kane coming back would be a positive and will like would uh, get Spurs back to like being better, but it's his first game back. I'm kind of annoyed because he managed to come back a game before like the Chelsea game. So he has like a bit of a tune up under his belt, but like throughout the game, he looked like, like Spider-Man or Superman rediscovering their powers like he was just trying different things that like he obviously never forgot what he could do. It was like he was only out for six or seven weeks. But, you know, just kind of relearning his body's like limitation, like throughout the game, he would take like a shot from 30 yards and it would just sort of like sting the keeper's hands and go over and eventually gets his goal, like in a very important part of the match. So, I mean, th- I think that's a huge factor to uh, th- them being successful, not only Kane getting back to like full match fitness, but uh, relinking up again with 
with Deli Alley when he gets back and how quickly Deli Alley can get back. I, I don't know what you're talking about, Andrew. They, they were good when all those players were playing. They were beating teams. Didn't they beat Bournemouth like 5-0 like in the first half and like back around Christmas when they had all of their players back after their first yeah, they injury? Look, they looked scary spell. for a little while. Um, yeah, they're, I feel like they'll be fine. Like they might even be like a dark horse semifinalist in like the Champions League if they get the right draw. Possibly. You never possibly. know. You never know. All right, let's move over. Let's go to Leicester, who lost 4-1 at home to Crystal Palace. Mishi Batshuayi, Evans, Zaha, Milivojevic, penalty. Zaha again in the uh, 90 plus three. And this leads to Claude Puel finally getting the boot. This is something that has been – the internet has been talking about for a long time, that that Claude Puel wasn't going to last long at Leicester, even though they were doing relatively okay. Like I said in the intro, they're eight points out of a European spot right now, which – is a lot, especially with the assortment of teams that's kind of in that mid-table fighting for that last Europa League spot. But Club Puel was like, these rumors have been out there for a long time now, and this is this is since the last year. Yeah, this is the moment that he gets it. Do you guys think this is unfair of Leicester, or do you think this is the right move? I made a sweeping declaration on the pod like a couple weeks ago. I think it was maybe two weeks ago after they lost to Tottenham three-one uh, at Wembley that. People need to go easier on Claude Puel and that under the circumstances, he's he's not doing terribly. Yes, there have been some really bad results specifically at home against teams that they should be beating. Uh, this this Crystal Palace game just seems to be like the straw that broke the camel's back. Like if it had ended 2-1, I don't know if Puel gets sacked the next day. It was it was pretty much like this a similar vibe and a similar like uh, it played out similarly to how a lot of these like bad performances have gone for Leicester in the past where they dominate the ball at home against teams like West Ham, Crystal Palace, like the, the middle of the Premier League and below. They dominate the ball. They're not quite uh, like ruthless enough when, in taking their chances. They go behind, they get back into it and tie the game up, and then they just get sort of like swept off the field. It's happened in plenty of times this season, and it hasn't slowed down. And in the past month, they've, I think, or the past six games or seven games in their Premier League schedule, they've lost all but one, and they drew the, they drew the other one. So it's, it, it was, it, it, the fans weren't, haven't been behind him since, I want to say, like early last season. It, it, these rumors started coming up, like, at the end of last season that, Fans weren't happy with overall the results, but also the style of play that it was like boring. But I don't, I don't know what you expect Claude Puel to do like against some of like the like the top teams. And, and now that he's trying to like push the the team towards a more attacking style and more of what he wants to be playing, uh, the results don't go their way, and so he gets fired for it. I don't know if if they were in the relegation zone or under threat of getting re- getting relegated, I would understand. Uh, but I don't understand this. And the only thing that might make sense is if they have someone lined up for sure this summer that they know they're going to get and they're just kind of like biding their time until then. Because it's he's a good manager. And I think another Premier League team and plenty of teams in France will be will be in for him. I, uh, I agree with you. I think this was a little unjust. And I don't I don't get why the fans have that much power at Leicester. Like this is a team that has come a long way. I think Claude Puel is more than capable of of delivering what they were looking for at this point in their history. And the hot name that I'm hearing right now, or at least that the internet is talking about right now, is Brendan Rodgers taking, snagging him away from Celtic, possibly even in the middle of the season, to take over. Yeah, I doubt that. Yeah, like I, I don't see Rodgers leaving now. I see him maybe leaving in the summer. I think he'll have right. won like three or four straight Scottish Premier Leagues. 
because they're well, they're in an actual race this year. But I mean, well, I can tell you that the Leicester fans, going back to them, they're they're antsy because of that league win a couple of seasons ago, and I don't I don't really disagree with them. Like they they them we've talked about teams like Wolves being like the best of the rest, and Everton should be. Uh, trying to do well in cup competitions and things like that because they're never they're not going to win the league. Leicester City fans very much believe that they have the squad, and I, I kind of agree with them that they have the squad to make a run in some of these cup competitions. They, they lost to Newport County in the FA Cup in like the first round that Premier Leagues can join. They lost to Manchester City when Manchester City played a weakened side in the Carabao Cup and uh, lost on penalties at home when they played when Leicester played a full strength side. So the fans are like understandably frustrated about that, but I, I don't think the league form you can just sort of just dismiss uh, like just from the last like six or seven games. I'll say one thing: I did really like uh, Ihanacho when he was on Manchester City, and I was excited when Leicester signed him, thinking you know this guy's going to get a lot of play time. And I just think under Puel, like he's been completely useless and not utilized. So I'm hoping if I, like a more attacking manager comes in. Um, some of the players at Leicester, who like you know Damari Gray and Ihenacho, who've been not really, I think, as good as they can show. I think a new manager could possibly bring you know better out of them. So, you know, who knows? But I think Puel has been known to be a defensive uh, manager. You know, that wasn't always his strong suit, bringing the best out of attacking players. So, you know, I mean, there's a lot of good pieces on those on that team. Yeah, like, there is. Right. There is. Yeah, they're like they're a very sneaky team. We're uh, Javier and I were talking about FIFA teams earlier. Leicester are a very sneaky good FIFA team if you know what you're doing. So yeah, definitely. They they I I haven't checked them out yet in the new FIFA, but all right, let's jump over uh, Sunday before we get to Liverpool Manchester United. Let's talk about Southampton losing two 0 to Arsenal. Lacazette in the sixth minute, Mkhitaryan in the seventeenth. Javier, I'm gonna be totally honest with you. I didn't watch this game. Yeah, we we I didn't wa- I barely watched the second half. I like forgot that the game was on because we were watching the 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 other game, right? So. Um, yeah, I watched the I watched the first half on my phone, and after the first two goals went in, I just kind of lost interest. And I was happy that we kept a clean sheet, and Lacazette missed a couple sitters. And uh, you did not lose interest. I literally remember saying to you when it was like the early part of the second half, I was like, Javier, no one gives a shit about Arsenal Southampton. You guys have won the game. Stop watching that. I stopped watching. watching. The, you did, yeah. It took a push. But but yeah no I don't think uh, I don't think there's too much to look into the result I mean uh, like like a Liverpool fan on Reddit put it nicely uh, there's not, nothing to celebrate getting three out of six points uh, from Southampton in the season so um, wow yeah it's pretty savage but it's pretty accurate yeah it is it is so <laughs> I mean you know great we got three out of six points from them you know moving on now so I don't I don't have too much to say about this game uh, just. You know, happy that we were able to keep the clean sheet and that Lacazette was able to score for a fourth home game in a row, which hasn't happened since Robin Van Persie in 2011. So we haven't had a, uh, an Arsenal player score four home games in a row. So uh, I would imagine you're pretty happy there were no major injuries in that one. Uh, yeah, that's also, you know. We can we can hope that there's no major injuries. <laughs> well, well, here's the, here's the game that there were a lot of injuries in, and that was uh, Manchester United versus Liverpool, which ended nil nil. Uh, first time Manchester United has ever used all three subs in the first half. Um, so uh, let's see who came off. We had Juan Mata got hurt in the 25th minute. Ander Herrera got hurt in the 21st minute. Um, 
and Jesse Lingard came on and came off by the 43rd minute. Andre uh, Pereira came on, Alexis Sanchez came on, um, and Romelu Lukaku kind of had to play this out wide position. Pogba was kind of playing as a defensive midfielder at a time. Um, oh, and Roberto Firmino came off in the 31st minute as well. Um, this game sucked. It, it, yeah, like, I like this game was so boring. It yeah. wasn't Mourinho's fault after all. I know both your teams just suck. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was not great. Um, and I, I, let me talk about substitutes because we've talked about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and how he still hasn't lost in the Premier League uh, for Manchester United, which is accurate. But I think he made his first major like mistake at Manchester United. And that was by bringing on Jesse Lingard. It made no yeah. sense to me. Like, if Lingard only had 20 minutes, why are you putting him in the first half? Especially when you have Alexis Sanchez on the bench. That made absolutely yeah, no sense. Yeah, no, I didn't know he was playing hurt. Like, I, Alex yeah. told me that during the match, being like, he, he's like supposed to be hurt. I don't know why he's coming on. And then he get, like, right. gets and hurt, and like, 10 minutes later. And we were just like, oh, well, that, yeah, you're right. That, that was definitely a, a big mistake from him. And probably one of the reasons also, why the game was boring because he had to make all those subs in the first half. And United just shut down from there because they didn't want to have any injuries or anything happen to them. I mean, we were making jokes about uh, United players arguing over who gets to go off injured because <laughs> Marcus Rashford got injured early on too. And there was the time when Lingard was down on the floor after the uh, collision with Allison that was almost a goal. And that was the injury that like took him off finally. Like Rashford walked up to him and Rashford's like limping around the entire game and walks up to him. And I was like miming what Rashford was saying to Javier saying like, oh, come on, mate. You've just come on. Like, I'm, like, I'm injured too. Like, let me go off. <laughs> but I mean, injuries at United right now, it's it's ridiculously high. I mean, Martial's also hurt. Um, so it's under Herrera, Mata, Rashford, Lingard, Martial, all injured right now, and there's a couple more players for for Manchester United that I'm blanking on right now. But I, I mean, I talked about substitutes before. Um, I thought Klopp made a mistake in the second half by not taking James Milner off, who, in my opinion, had didn't have a great solid played like absolute garbage. Like he, like, like, I, not even that, not even that. I'll, I'll like it was jokes were being made on Twitter. Luke Shaw, Luke Shaw, every time Mo Salah got the ball, Luke Shaw got there and and dispossessed him. Like, Luke Shaw absolutely popped. Luke Shaw had a great game. Yeah, Luke Shaw had a great game. I mean, United were pretty clearly playing for the draw there. Once they had to make three substitutions in the first half of a big game like that, even if you're at home, it's 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 pretty much bye-bye dreams of winning. So you, you basically have to rethink your whole game plan and, and play for the draw there. But I, I, it was kind of an interesting uh, situation that put Liverpool in, where Liverpool are obviously the ones going for the title. They need the win to try and... Uh, uh, beat Manchester City's pace that they've been steadily improving on. So you'd think Liverpool would come out and start to attack a bit more, but it just kind of became a game of who can do a better job of not throwing it away and uh, not losing it. And I don't, I don't overly fault Liverpool for that, but it would have been really impressive to see like if they had gone and gotten a win actually at Old Trafford. Well, I, I think Klopp got some of the substitutions wrong. Like, uh, I think that Trent Alexander-Arnold should have come on to attack in the same way that you knew Alexis Sanchez wasn't going to sit back and defend him when he pushed up the wing. They took off Salah early. Salah had an awful game. Credit to credit to Luke Shaw, who absolutely pocketed him. Uh, but, but I also thought that Naby Keita should have come on. I thought he's shown some promise over the last couple of weeks, and I thought he maybe could have influenced the game a little bit. 
And now with Firmino's injury, I'd actually like to see them do a 4-4-2 diamond with Keita as a tip and Salah next to Mane up top, but we'll see what, what they do. Um, but yeah, I look at this game as a game that kind of got interrupted with the amount of changes early in the game. And, and I think this is what Klopp was alluding to afterwards, that Liverpool were able to start the game well and get things going. And then the second that the, you know, the long pauses just threw them off their rhythm and they never were able to get back to that. And that concerns me. Like that's a mentality thing. And I mean, look, they got a nil nil draw at Old Trafford, which is something they haven't done in a long time. And I am happy about that. I am happy that they're on top of the league, but I also need like, they needed to put their throat, you know, they needed to put their foot on the, on the throat of United and they couldn't do that. And uh, feels like you guys probably should have won. I, I I agree with that. Just with what happened in the first half and the situation you guys are in. But like you said, you can't be unhappy that an away point, clean sheet. You, you can't be too like, like Klopp said. It was just a shit oh, game. Like you're, you're, shit it's not the game. end of the that world. Was an amazing, right? A fucking <laughs> was an shit game. <laughs> and Oshosire was like, "Yeah, it was." So yeah, I mean, there's. <laughs> There's not too much to, to look up on that, you know? It's, it was – look, like I'm happy to not lose. I'm always happy to not lose against United. To take four points to take four points from Manchester United, I, I you know, I've seen him get no points against Manchester United, so I'm happy with that. Um, let's move on a little bit. Let's go to the big moment of Sunday afternoon, which was the Carabao Cup, which I uh, did not get to watch because I had a combination of work and I'm not paying for ESPN+. Plus. Um, pour a little out for uh, Reddit Soccer Streams uh, disappearing. Um, so that's an issue. I don't know how I'm going to get through that. But if you uh, have an NBC Sports Gold uh, password, uh, you can slide into the DMs at Andrew Passaro, at ASMOS92, at, at JavierRev9, and help some people out because we'll take it. We'll use it. I just don't want to pay for it. Um, but Chelsea. How will you be able to filter through all the other people sliding into your DMs? There are you? a lot of people in the DMs, actually, Alex. <laughs> like, let me let me, let me me tell you. The DMs, I don't know how those New York girls get down. Do they slide into guys' DMs? Um, I have a – it, <laughs> it has like that? It, oddly enough, it has happened. Um, I, do, do you want the story real quick? Do we, do we want to take this side turn? Sure. So you're the one always talking about how we talk about soccer too much on this. Podcast. We do talk about soccer too much on this podcast. Let's talk about the time that I went to a bar with my friend. Um, I, we were talking to these two girls. Um, I thought I mean, he would, yeah, we were two guys talking to two girls. Um, I was trying to play wingman for my friend and then, um, he got one of the girls Instagrams and then. I went to the bathroom while they were talking. I was like, cool, like I'm going to let this situation play itself out. They leave. Not five minutes afterwards, she follows him back on Instagram, DMs him and goes, hey, uh, what's your friend's Instagram? She gets my Instagram, DMs me and goes, hey, if you ever want to come hang out on the Upper East Side more often, um, oh, we should wow. totally hang out. <laughs> Savage. <laughs> and I was like – uh, tip for the record, Upper East Side is like an hour-long subway from me, and uh, yeah. my personal philosophy for the year of 2019 They're is, bougie, though. Yeah, she wasn't that, she wasn't worth it. Um, oh, okay. But I see her Upper East Side, and I just go, I just go dude, oh, wow. Upper East Side <laughs> fucking sucks. There's no soul up there. It's all it's all old people and like young, but there's no right, that's creativity. Most place, that's most places where rich people live, Andrew. Yeah, well, I live down the street <laughs> from the housing projects, and there's a Biggie Smalls mural two blocks down. That's fucking awesome. I'd rather walk by that every day. Um, but 
There's payoffs. Yeah. Andrew. There's payoffs. Yeah. My, my personal goal Depends. for 2019 is if I'm not if I'm going above 14th Street in the city, it better be because you're paying me. Because like I'm I'm not going up there for nothing. But uh, let's get let's get let's that that's my that's the one story I have of girls sliding to my DMs. But if you have a a NBC Sports Gold package, please like hook a brother up. Like I could use a little. I I could use what the beak. That's all I'm asking. All right, Alex, <laughs> we've avoided it for long enough. Mutiny, mutiny on the bounty at Chelsea. Kepa refusing to come off. Does he legally own Chelsea? Is is Maurizio Sarri his son, or is he an adopted child? The How, players have taken know, over. What, what it's all the, over at Chelsea. Yeah. What what crisis what's going one, two, on? three, four, I mean, and five happened over the weekend? Alex, which one do you want to address first? I, I, I told you. Um, uh, <laughs> We're always in a state of crisis, Javier. We're used to it at this point. This is this is the the, the regular state for Chelsea fans by by now. Uh, if you don't have a transfer ban on a Thursday, by the way, I, I just want to say I called this in December the collapse of you of you shitheads. Uh, I looked at the schedule and was like, ah, Chelsea are going to be garbage coming. Oh, you uh, called the same thing February. that happened last season happening again this season. Wow, how bold of you! You're the new Arsenal. You're the new Arsenal. I said it months yeah, ago, we, a couple months ago. Yeah, we titled our pod. last you're podcast that, Javier. <laughs> so, yeah, you're, you're, congrats on keeping up. <laughs> there, uh, the, the you guys are making me relive this too many times. You know, like it was enough to relive it like once, but now I've got to relive it again. Like, uh, okay, I mean, when 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 the Chelsea media trained responses all came out after the game. Like in like like the the five or ten minutes after the final whistle and the last penalty kick had gone, uh, Sorry and Kepa had pretty much uh, just sort of shoot it as a misunderstanding. Kepa was saying that he was uh, suffering from a cramp and that he dis- and that he was uh, being cared to by the physios and he was drawing out that process so that he could get Chelsea to uh, penalties. It was at the end of extra time and. Uh, Chelsea played well, but we fancied our chances and penalties. Sorry was told by the physios. This is, again, the, the Chelsea media response to all this. Sorry was told by the physios that Kepa could not continue and that he would have to be subbed off. So Sorry has Willie Caballero warm up. He's standing on the sideline. His number goes up to go onto the field. And Kepa makes his first mistake by waving it off in a pretty, I want to say, immature Disrespectful for sure, way. immature. Definitely. Like we've we've seen goalkeepers specifically and other players who have suffered injuries and then sort of walked it off or ran it off, uh, sort of dismiss a sub a substitution that's come up for them, and it's not been a big deal. But it was a big deal here in 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 the fashion that that both Kepa called for the for the the substitution to not be made and Maurizio Sarri's absolutely insane reaction, where he freaked out started screaming like I have never seen him over the past six or seven months. It wasn't yeah, just yeah. sorry though. It was Zola yeah, we're, and we're talking, the other we're assistant about coach, sorry here. Um, He's a very sort of even keel, like mild mannered guy most of the time. And in this situation, he just lost the plot completely threw his pen at his seat, looked like he was walking out of the stadium and not coming back. And then he sort of gathered himself and came back. But the, the Chelsea media machine want you to believe that this was just a misunderstanding. It's all been cleared up. Kepa, it was it was definitely disrespectful, but he's apologized. But I'm starting to not buy it because 
Sari's reaction and uh, Sari's reaction to uh, to the Kepa injury in his mind was to bring on Willy Caballero. And if you consider the fact that Willy Caballero is a former Manchester City player, played uh, for them during Pep Guardiola's first season, he's familiar with uh, the players themselves and their penalty taking uh, tendencies. Also, he's a pretty damn good penalty stopper. So it, it's it. Judging by Mauricio Sarri's reaction, it seemed to me like he was getting ready to make a tactical change to bring Willy Caballero on, and he was denied that chance. So, if that's the truth, then that's really damning of Kepa. Like, I really like the kid, but it, like maybe he didn't know. Maybe he was thinking that he like he played the whole game, played the whole 120 minutes, hadn't conceded. He's been the keeper this whole season. He's on a seven-year contract, and he just broke the record for most for the highest amount of money paid for a goalkeeper. Maybe he's just thinking to himself naturally, "I want to stay on the field and win this cup final. I'm not coming off. This is what Iker Casillas or David de Gea would do." And he just thought that's like the way you do it. And he misread and misjudged the situation completely. It's a fucking mess. <laughs> That's all I can say. And it completely undermines the fact that that was one of the best performances Chelsea have had this season. Where, like, we were brilliant defensively. And we got, like, mad at the match performances from Eden Hazard and from N'Golo Kante. We just couldn't get it done in uh, in penalties, which is disappointing, but at least a step in the right direction. Yeah, I thought you guys played really well as well. Um, I thought that... At the beginning of the game, I mean, Alex, you weren't sure about the Eden at false nine, but I was really was happy with that. Thing, I, yeah. I said that I thought you guys had a chance in the game because you were doing that. And while the game was going on, we were kind of talking, saying, you know, what substitutions we would make, you know, what we would think should be the right choices for Sorry. And so far this season, he hasn't been making the right substitutions. But this game... I think he did all of the right substitutions and he brought on the players at the right times. The only one that I'm a little bit confused by was Iguain in the end because yeah, he didn't end up weird. taking a penalty. So why did you even bring him on? Like, Well, he would have missed the penalty. <laughs> right. So like, why did he even bring him on? Because he was completely useless. When I actually have on, no idea so if Iguain's a good penalty just, taker or not. I literally, I've never seen him take a penalty. I mean, that's why I assumed he was coming on in extra time. So I, I don't know. It's It's... Other than that, I thought the game was man. This was probably one of the best managed games by Sorry. Um, I thought he did an excellent job um, with the lineup, with his substitutions, the timing of it, and you know, tactically, I thought he was a little bit more flexible in this game. It looked like he allowed uh, he like changed his system up a little bit to to prevent you know six nil from happening again. So you know, I, I give him props for that, and yeah, I just think that. Uh, you know, it's not all doom and gloom for Chelsea. They're, you know, three points out of top four with the game in hand. And, you know, it's in their hands. You know, they can still win Europa League. They are still in the FA Cup. Yeah. No, you lost United. But you, uh, yeah, you guys could still get top four. You could still get Europa League. Doing anything like firing, sorry, or any of the crazy things that some of these Chelsea fans were saying after the game is absolutely ridiculous. And I don't know. I think... Can- I, it gives me a little bit more hope for sorry a game like this, even though you know that crazy reaction, all that, you know it it means that something's wrong, something needs to change, and maybe sorry's the man to do it. I don't know. So I, we should talk about City a little bit. I, we don't have to talk about a lot. Uh, I, they were yeah they they were underwhelming a little bit. They didn't really create much this game. I I, I don't think that this is actually possible 
but I just want to get it on the record. There's no way they're they're going to do the quadruple, right? Like like I I Not have without Fernandinho. 0. 0 per... Yeah, Fernandinho went down. And, Even if Laporte uh, had gone, Stones... had been the only one uh, to get injured, and Fernandinho had stayed in, I, I you'd think they have somewhat of enough uh, players to rotate in for Laporte. Uh, at center back, but Fernandinho, if he's out for an extended period of time, like they're talking a few weeks, they're talking about both him, Laporte, and Fernandinho out a couple weeks, and John Stones has been hurt. So that, those are those are three big injuries for City. I mean, because now you're basically chaining yourself to company has to play every game. It's company and Altamendi, and Altamendi, I think had a didn't he get sent off in something recently in the Champions League? Um, so he can't, well, he got he got Champions a second League. yellow in the Champions League and. Can't play the, the second right. leg. They are three two, but right. it's still kind of yeah, open. But maybe. Yeah. Well, we all expected them to go to Schalke and, and crush them, so they they didn't, but they got the win. And three away goals is, is pretty important too, so you know. But um no, so we're so we're saying the quadruple's out for, for Manchester City. All right. Um Look, we've got midweek stuff in the Premier League. Uh, we don't have a ton of time to go through picks right now, so we're not going to do that. But there is, uh, we're looking at this midweek slate. You're talking about Cardiff Everton, Huddersfield Wolves, Leicester City Brighton, Newcastle Burnley, Arsenal Bournemouth, Southampton Fulham, Crystal Palace Manchester United, Liverpool Watford, Manchester City West Ham. Not really a great slate. We'll put picks out. Check out, look for those on Instagram and Twitter at Go School Pod. Um, but. There's a huge game on the forecast for Wednesday at 3 o'clock, and that's Chelsea taking on Tottenham. Um, we just talked about how Chelsea are still in it, and we talked about earlier in the pod how Tottenham still remain a an outside chance for, you know, potentially taking him a Premier League. They they have to they have to maintain speed. Um, how do you, Alex? This is you know you're walking out of a cup final into a game that's always pretty contentious, a very important London derby. How, how worried are you as a Chelsea fan for this? Are you worried for this? Or are you lads at Tottenham? Uh, on a scale of not worried to lads at Tottenham, where are you? Lads at Tottenham being a 10? I'm at about yeah. a 5. Uh, okay. So pretty worried. But at the same time... You, you have a win... I see you have a win predicted. You're definitely not that worried. Is is it is it impossible to predict a win and not be a hundred percent sure of it? I don't know. Hand hand up those. Yeah, I was about to day. say <laughs> Andrew predicted a win for Liverpool, and like most of us knew that might not or probably wouldn't happen. Um, I don't, I'm not saying a Chelsea win is likely, but while I criti- not criticized, while I. Uh, pointed out that the must-win moniker for Liverpool going into that Man United game might have been a bit strong. I think it's completely uh, deserved here. Chelsea have lost three of their last four Premier League games. Like you said, Javier, we're three points off top four. We're not just competing with Arsenal for top four. We're competing with United, who we still have to travel to in the league after they've just beaten us 2-0 at home. So uh, there, there's not... <laughs> There's not very like many easy three points left on 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 the board uh, for us. So in these in these games against the rest of the top six, we can't lose. Like, and that's not just this Tottenham game. We just it's the other ones. It's at Liverpool. It's like it's we just can't lose those games. We have to draw at worst. And this one, since it's at home, and uh, other than last year, we've beaten Tottenham like the last twenty eight out of twenty nine times at home in in, in the league. 
you have to go out and win this one. You know, uh, I, I, I wouldn't expect the same type of performance we saw from Chelsea on Sunday uh, against Manchester City will probably be the much more aggressive of the two, um, which obviously leaves spaces in behind for the likes of Son and, uh, and and the fullbacks to sort of take advantage of. Are you not worried that these players played 120 minutes? On I Sunday? think it's going to have to be some kind of rotation. It, it just has to be. Um, Higuain starting right from the beginning. Loftus Cheek starting from the beginning. I think I think Hudson Odoi has to start. He played well enough in the Cup final when he came on in the second half. He's better than anything Pauline and Pedro are doing consistently. We saw Pedro pass up a chance at a, a one-on-one with the keeper in the second half of that. Carabao Cup final to try and lay it back to Eden Hazard. Hudson Odoi is absolutely shredding that thing through the back of the net, ripping the net and hitting a baby in the stands and injuring a baby. That's what's happening in that situation with Hudson Odoi. He is young and full of cum and ready to just fuck shit up. And I'm, I'm here for it. I want Eden left wing. Did you mean no, confidence? Full of cum. No, full I of cum. Of, I He's full an 18 year old. You know, guys. Uh, <laughs> full of cum. Guys, guys, other football joke. Other football joke. You ready? You ready? You know who's not full of cum? Robert Kraft. All right. All right. You can go back. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. (laughs) Well, no, maybe maybe he got shut down before. (laughs) We don't know at what point of the night the the police came in, Andrew. Uh, actually, you do. Uh, You're the, an NFL the, insider. You, they do. They do. I know all of, uh, the, the report came out today and Robert Kraft entered the uh, the day spa at 1059 and exited the day spa at 1114. Good man. He was <laughs> in and out 15 in minutes. 15 minutes. <laughs> but that's 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 door to door. Wrong football. Wrong minutes. football. <laughs> All right, all right, come on. Okay, I'm worried and I'm Fairly not worried show. about no, this Chelsea not. game. We have to win it and like that that, that that's all I that's all I can say. I'm I'm a little concerned about whether like Marcus Alonso is going to get back into the lineup because Emerson did just play those 120 minutes. I think right now Emerson has to be considered the better of the two. His recovery speed on the counterattack is light years better than Marcus Alonso's and he's I think a better weapon in possession helping in build up on the wings with Eden Hazards. But if we have to trot out Alonso it and trot out uh David Louise again, I don't know if David Louise can do it. It might have to be a mix and match of first team players and players who are on like the fringe of breaking into the first team. I'm thinking of Loftus Sheik, Christensen, uh who else? Aspliqueta will probably play. It's gonna be it's gonna be not a full first team Chelsea, but it's gonna be close to it. Uh, I mean, Andrew, you have Tottenham going there and winning again. Yeah, <sighs> make the case, man. I, I'm actually make the gonna, case. I'm gonna Andrew I'm Savage. gonna change it. I'm gonna change it because I, I I what you're going soft on him right now. I'm gonna now? go soft because I've I've kind of forgot that I kind of forgot that that Tottenham lost three one or two one away to Burnley earlier in the week. I kind of forgot about that. I, I, like on paper right now, I, I think Spurs are the better team, but I'm gonna go for a wild London derby. Give me a two-two, two-two draw. I was gonna go for a two-one Tottenham win, and then I and then I remembered that they they recently lost and it was also on the road. So I, I think them going to to Chelsea and getting a getting a point. I mean, it's better than the last result they had. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking they're gonna get a draw too. Tottenham um, haven't drawn like, in the league like this Alex year. Like Alex says, you guys are going to go all out for the win, 
and they're going to think, we just need to not lose this game. I mean, they might be going all out to win thinking they're going to win the title, but I think for them, if they just don't lose, like, they're never, they're going to be very secure in their Champions League spot if they can, like, keep a, you know, six to eight point gap between United, Arsenal, and Chelsea. So they just need to not lose, uh, like, a, a top six away game like this, and I think it's a pretty good result for them. Because realistically, they're not winning the league, so... I think, I think a draw would be good for them. And, Ending and our season, I'd be surprised. If they win. If, that's what that's their motivation. They're trying to end Chelsea's season and basically bury us. Which I wouldn't blame them. That would be they could sell. They're used to celebrating things that aren't actually trophies, like their trophies. So why wouldn't they play this like it's a cup final? Like that, still get my digs in at Tottenham, even when they're ten points ahead of oh, us. Good, Alex. I like that one. Look, look, you're never safe, Tottenham fans. You're thing- never safe. If if there's one thing we know how to do on this podcast well, it's make fun of Tottenham. Like universally, <laughs> we make fun of Tottenham. That is the best thing that we're. It's the best thing that we do. Um, I would apologize for it, but I, I think I closed the inaugural episode of this podcast with "fuck Spurs," and I I still stand by that. Like, <laughs> go back and re- check that one. <laughs> it's on the internet somewhere. I think mixed it's on cloud, our yeah. mixed cloud, but it's it's up there. It's still it's still out there. It's like an hour long. We didn't even have the name Ghost Goal yet, but it's there. Um, yeah, so that that about wraps it up. We will, uh, I think, Alex and Javier, are you guys going to do a pick and pod on Wednesday evening? Or yeah, no? either Wednesday or Thursday, one of those days. Right. Wednesday or Thursday, right. yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be figuring that out. I will have my picks for you. Uh, I, hand up, I'm going to pick Liverpool to beat Everton away in the Derby, just so you know. Um, yeah, so... Everton yeah, are shit, now. so you I'm get so chance. disappointed in them. Yeah, they are. I'm not. I'm not. I'm okay with it, guys. Hand up. Okay with it. All right. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Andrew Passaro, at, at ASMoss92, at GhostGoldPod, and Instagram for JavierRev9. Uh, like, review, subscribe. Uh, if you leave a rating or if you leave a review, we're doing this on BrickHouse, my other podcast. We're going to just start reading new reviews every week at the start of the pod. So if there's any new ones for next week when I'm on, I'll read it. Um, you can put some ridiculous shit in there. I don't care. For God's sakes, we talked about Cum and Robert Kraft. There are some fun ones. Podcast, there are so. some fun old oh, reviews yeah? on our on – one of my, one oh, of my yeah, old could... roommates uh, went on there and basically wrote about how it's a good podcast, but it needs more Hugo, my little brother. I stand by that. I stand by – I, I mean – I categorically used... refute that. I, <laughs> If anything, the one episode with Hugo was too many. You always need more. And this Hugo. is my test will, to no, see if Hugo multiple, even listens to this multiple. podcast. Because if he does, oh no, yeah, Hugo needs no to be. Shot. Yeah, no if shot. he's especially, he's probably not listening to the end. The piece of oh, shit. Oh, fuck that. There's guy. no way he's listening what to now. What an asshole. <laughs> I mean, Hugo's Hugo's part of the immortal Ghost Goal Live audience. It's like him and Hayden are like the two people who have like just sat there in, in complete silence. Right, and he's both of them have been on a pod. Hugo went did a pod with me when you guys were busy during Christmas. Yep, and I and I and I called Hayden to call him out about to talk about Spurs that one time. Except we talked about the San Antonio. Spurs. Right? Yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're completely off the rails here, so uh, let's get out of here. Until next time. Bye. Bye.